Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. All right, beautiful people, welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Um, We have an amazing, very special guest today, an actor, a producer, a director, a traveling man, a photographer, an all-around renaissance dude, a renaissance guy, a Mr. Simon Kemp. How's it going today, brother? Hey, man, what an introduction, brother. uh, (laughs) You also reminded me of some of the things I don't do anymore that, you know... um, I forgot that I do, so I appreciate that. That's a, that's a hell of an introduction. Absolutely, man. So um, tell me your story. What inspired you to become the artist you are today? Oh, man, that's a heavy, that's a loaded question, <laughs> bro, from the jump. Um, wow. Um, you know, I think the only way I can answer that question is really it's, you realize that there really isn't one moment, mm. right? You look, I look back at my life. It's like everything has shaped me to, to be where I am right now. So I can't, I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by creativity. Mm. Um, my entire family is very creative, even though they, they didn't choose creative professions for whatever many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's an amazing singer. My grandfather could draw, you know, all my aunts, they all, I think, I think I was kind of nurtured in that space. And I think just throughout my life, I've attracted those experiences. I've just been drawn to being creative, making things, being, you know, using my hands. And I loved Legos when I was a kid. So I think Mm -hmm. my whole life was just kind of nurtured and groomed that way. But I can't really think of one moment where I was like, okay. I'm going to do this now. You know, I think my whole life has just kind of been guided in this direction and, and everything, not just the creative stuff, you know, yeah. um, life experiences has kind of inspired me to, to be the person that I am. So, hmm. I guess, yeah, what I don't was... know, my answer would be, I guess my answer would be all my life. My whole <laughs> life has kind of inspired me to just kind of stay on this path. You know, Just, just molded you. Um, yeah. What was, what was the moment in time when you figured out, okay, I want to be an actor. I want to pursue this career in direction and producing it and pursue career on, on, on a small screen and hopefully the big screen too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. My, when I think about my acting career, you know, it's, it's still very new. I've been in production. I've been a filmmaker and photographer for decades. Right. Mm. Um, that's what I was doing before acting. Um, I feel like acting just kind of fell into my lap at a time where I needed something to reawaken this creative spirit that had died actually mm. in the course of, you know, uh, my professional career. I started off in production. I just always loved filmmaking, photography, just visual, that visual medium has always, I've always been drawn to it. Um, so I did that for, you know, 20 years it just kind of naturally happened it it 
it just happened. Right. Um, and, and things were working out for me, but when I look back at my career as a, as a producer or a, a filmmaker, photographer, even with the music studio in DC house studio, mm-hmm. um, it was like I was compromising my dreams, but fooling myself into thinking I was doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's something because um, I had my own business. You know, I was ma- I was producing videos. You know, I got to the point where I had a huge clientele base. I was making money. So it's like, oh, I'm doing this for a living. This is my dream. But not realizing that the whole time I had been really allowing, it was like my creative soul was dying because mm-hmm. I was doing, I was doing this work that kind of was disguised as what my dream was, but it was more like a safe, safer route. It felt corporate, like work. Yeah. Corporate video, yeah. those things. And it was great. I learned so much doing commercial work and, and stuff like that. But I think for the longest time I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to what was happening to me on a spiritual and creative soul level, you know, until it caught up to me. And that's, that's kind of when I, man, I spiraled hard. Mm. I spiraled hard, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I openly talk about, you know, like substance abuse. Mm. I used to drink a lot. Um, I was tied into the nightlife scene, creating content. So, you know, I was just in, in this space where it got dark but I was still doing my work. I was still being an artist, making a living. So it was like, you know, I, I was in this weird space of, man, you should be grateful. You, you, this is what you want. But it wasn't what I wanted. You know, there was this, there was this lie that I was telling myself. And when I moved out to LA, I moved out to follow my girlfriend at the time, 3,000 miles away from my safety net, anything that was kind of keeping me sustained in this really complacent place. I fell apart, bro. Like mm. I hit rock bottom. Um, you know, I was dealing with some, a lot of things that I think I had been running away from my whole life. Right. And using all these distractions, using my business, my work and all these things. And, and I finally had to face those things. And it's when I faced those things that like everything just kind of fell apart for me in the most beautiful way. Because mm. then it opened up space and I had no idea what I was going to do next because I like fell out of love with photography and producing and all this. I just hated it. I did not want to do it anymore. And in that moment when I had this like ultimatum with God or higher power or whatever you want to call it, it's like a shift happened and it opened up this new new path for me. And that's when acting kind of fell into my lap. Mm. And I, experiences that was kind of drawing me down that path and i just kind of followed my heart in that moment because i had really broken down to the point where i was like look i'm ready to just let go and surrender like i've been trying to push and make things happen for so long i'm tired and Mm. i was like this grace came and was like okay cool now you're ready to like allow yourself to be aligned Mm. and in that alignment acting found me and things it just it just I got to tell you, Phil, like after you, you don't realize how numb you are until you find something that exposes it. And it just like, man, when I first went to this improv class, it woke something up in me and I fell in love with it. And I was like, man, okay, I'm going to do this. So I just kind of shifted. I shut down my business, sold all my gear, 
told mm. all my clients I'm out. Like I, I just fell in love with this new passion and reinvigorated my love for the things that I fell out of love with. Mm. That's heavy, man. It's like we often get caught in between who we are and who we envision we are. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, we often get pressured by our parents and our peers and, you know, just media around us that we have to be married at a certain age. We have to have a house at a certain age. We have to have a certain type of career and that pressure often breaks us and we get lost in that, mm. you know, and don't, and we don't really know our real purpose unless we just cut all the white noise off, meditate mm. and figure out who we are. And that's when we have to start over from, you know, square one. Yeah, man, that's a beautiful way to put it. It really is. You you need to figure out a way to like pull yourself out of that that loop just so you can take a breath mm-hmm. and really deal with the things that you need to deal with that. I think for me, anyways, you know, I find like our, our minds find clever and really cunning ways to trick us into believing certain stories and lies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think once I realized that I was doing that to myself, things shifted, you mm-hmm. know, that I was being influenced by all these other things, that all these stories and limitations and how I'm supposed to live my life. Like those aren't, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you, that awareness kind of shifts how you move and how, how your, your creative life is shaped too. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful for those moments. I, I think that that moment that I was in my darkest period that like really forced me to, breakdown was so necessary mm-hmm. like i'm so grateful for that as painful as it was as like you know and i'm not i'm not shy and in, in in sharing that like i was suicidal like the moment that it shifted phil i was 10 feet away from just jumping off a cliff like mm-hmm. not to make this heavy like it's it's it was a very powerful moment for me because i wasn't gonna do it yeah, it was the first time where I actually was so fucking close. That's real life, though. That's real fucking life. It's real life, bro. And and it was, it was for me. I it, I'm I'm a, I would like to say I'm I'm extreme to this degree where I almost need to get all the way to the edge mm. to shake the something out of me to change what isn't working. You know, mm. it was like I had just been dragging along in DC. I had built this business. So I was coasting, man, even with all of these like issues that I'm dealing with, I was still able to at least coast, which mm-hmm. is not how you want to live. Right. But I was able mm-hmm. to still maintain, but things were just eroding away. And so to have that, like almost the universe saying like, you're not going to deal with this on your own. So we're going to put you in a situation to really break you down. And I needed it. Yeah. It was most amazing I would say probably the start of a new life for me. So what was that transition like moving from your safe zone, DC to, you know, California? How what, Was it like a culture shock? Was it like a breath of fresh, fresh air? Like what was that transition? I would say breath of fresh air felt mm. like home. You know, I feel like I am more of a West coast person. Mm. Um, the, the countries, it's two countries, right? The East yeah. Coast and West Coast, completely different worlds. And I think I grew up on the East Coast. I'm familiar with the East Coast. I still have that East Coast hustle energy. Mm-hmm. 
but I think my soul is is more of a laid back flow. Mm-hmm. The weather here is amazing, right? Um, and I think just on a, a wavelength level, California is just, it just felt like home. So it didn't there wasn't any time period of like adjustment or oh, I need to feel you know get settled in. It felt like this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. So, what's the hardest part about getting into acting, booking jobs, or you know, setting up your reels? Like, what, what what's that like? I think it's it's like um, anything else you start, right? Mm. For me, my journey into acting, um, it that period in my life though when when acting kind of found me it was i was so open to receiving messages right i was in a space of yes mm. say yes do it do it just do it so i think that was it was very important to have that kind of a a, a mindset going into this new endeavor but even the same way i started my production business it was like just do everything you can try it all mm-hmm do everything that everybody tells you you should do. Take these classes, go to this thing, you know, sign up for this, do it all. And then it just naturally and organically, I found my way. I started removing the things that don't work for me. Mm-hmm. Still listening to other people's advice. Um, but it was, it was no different than starting. Yeah. Starting. It just felt like I was just doing it with a different medium. Um, mm-hmm. It, I think having a background in in production kind of gave me a little primer mm-hmm. going into acting. I think I was already kind of familiar with it, um, familiar with storytelling. And so the transition was just kind of like learning, like a general manager in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Just, okay, now, now it's like you need to learn this this part of the kitchen so that you have a better understanding of the whole process. That's That's how I looked at it, you know. Um, it's just another, another layer of, of, of filmmaking. Mm. So would you say it's easier because you have a, a production background, you can understand blocking or, you know, timing or, you know, just the repetitive of, of, of doing the same line a thousand times. That's painful by the way. <laughs> um, I think. I think because of my background, it it made it feel like I wasn't going into a new career, mm-hmm. right? So it didn't feel like a, a transition in that way. It just felt like I was actually supplementing, right? So that that there's that part. Um, I think what helped is that I actually started my acting career later in life, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think about this all the time. If I had started in my 20s, I think I would have given up. I think mm. I would have kept timing is everything, you know, mm. no matter how good you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter there are cycles and rhythms. And I think what helped is that starting at 35, I had a better idea of who I was, was mm. more comfortable with myself. I am familiar with being out and having life experiences that really that's what makes a good actor being able to live truthfully, right. Mm. Be comfortable in their own self and trust themselves and, I think I had been doing a lot of that work already. So it was like I was prepping for my acting career, even though it wasn't like an intentional, I'm doing this to become an actor type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. And do you think that, well, just me personally, I think that travel is very important for an artist, as, especially for an actor, because you gain different perspectives from, you know, different societies all over the world, whether you're, you know, I, me recently, we just came back from London and everything is backwards over there, you know, but being there for a long period of time, I gained that perspective of how they think and how they move and, you know, what they eat. Like, do you think travel is important for an actor? I think travel is important for any human being, <laughs> no matter what industry, acting, you're an engineer, you're a doctor, because you said it. I think we, it's so easy to get just caught in this, in your bubble, mm. in your routine, your known comfortable space. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Cause there's, you know, um, a certain lifestyle and comfort and security that comes with that. But I think everybody needs exposure to things outside of that bubble. And it could mm. be foreign travel. Or it could be just going to the other side of the country. Right. And it's putting yourself in situations with people that don't think like you, that, that, even if you don't know it subconsciously, they're planting seeds or triggering something that later on is going to help in your evolution and your growth. So mm. it, it, it's harder if you're in this contained little bubble that you're just kind of safe in. But if you go and expose yourself to things that are going to even sometimes cause friction in the mm. way you feel, right? Challenge you in ways. I mean, I mean anything that'll do that, I think, is a priority. For mm -hmm. everybody and not only that i think the more people travel and go outside of their cultures the more we're going to get to a place where this this hatred and and anger towards people that are you know like yeah. i don't need to dive into that deeply but you know what i mean I, you get a better understanding of people that don't look like you don't think like you don't behave like you and you start to naturally just grow this empathy and compassion and understanding that Tra only traveling can make that happen, you know? I totally agree. Um, flowers require friction to punch through the dirt to reach the sun. You know what I mean? So that's how I look at life. Everything that's good requires some type of, you know, friction or, or battle to uh, overcome in order to reach that sunlight. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, nature is very destructive in the most beautiful way, right? There's mm -hmm. force too. It's, flow and crash i'm not trying to be you know Bruce <laughs> like water yeah so i think it's important yeah and plus it's fun yeah right traveling is fun like yeah. you just um everything is new mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything is new. so and i think that's important putting yourself in environments where you experience something outside of what you you're you know you know, even if it's for short periods of time, it really does something to you on a on a physiological level, spiritual level. Like even if you're not aware of it, just pulling yourself out of your space and just immersing yourself in something differently. The impact of it might not reveal itself till years later, but you got to just have that. So it mixes in with everything else that's going on. It's going to make you a better artist. Right? Mm, I love that. Um. What's your creative process like? 
um, depending on what you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to research a role, like what do you do in order to get into that character or become that character? In the very beginning, it is a lot of pacing and talking mm-hmm. to myself, right? Um, yeah, it's it's research. It's really getting a clear picture of anything, even even film production. You know, visualizing it all the way through in my mind. Whether it's who is this person, what do they look like, what do they feel like, mm-hmm. and once I can start seeing it. Right. Because in the beginning, it's just ideas. It's just a feeling. It's it's words and descriptions. Once I can see it in my in my mind. That's when I start to execute. Mm. But that first like 90 percent of development is me maybe going for like a a long run Mm -hmm. or going in the sauna and meditating for like 30 minutes. It's me role playing. You know, I'm, I'm like walking around in the yard and talking to myself. And luckily I'm in LA and people are used to that. You know, just, there's actors everywhere talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. In the um, but it's a lot of that feeling it out, moving around, researching, watching other, other content, other characters, other people do it, you know, and it's, I can't, it's not something that I can measure. It's just the I can feel it once it starts to, once my body starts to embody what, what mm. my mind is. And then that's the point where I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to start absorbing these lines through what I'm feeling as this person. If that makes sense. Yeah. I totally right? get it. Yeah. It's like your mannerisms start to change and um, who you envision that person to be, that's... <laughs> you might walk a different way. You might slur your words a little bit more, you know, depending on who the character is. You might speed it up. Like, depending on who you envision that character to be, that's what's manifested in the physical. Yes, absolutely. And it, it, has, <laughs> to, it, it has to, the, and it's a challenge for me. It's it, the process still is, is, and it's different, right? Cause every role is different. Mm. Projects different. But it, it's sometimes you don't have as much time to work on something because it takes takes a little bit of time for the subconscious to 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 absorb. Um, so it's tough when when you can't get it out of your the intellectual mm-hmm. play. and so it's it hasn't fully been embodied yet. So it's not a feel; it's more of a coming from like an intellectual place. So that's that's kind of where. My process still needs a little bit of work, I think, is being a little more efficient from getting in it to an idea to like, I can clearly picture it and now my body's following, Mm. following the directions of what has been kind of visualized. Um, Not to give my own, too much of my own background, but I did do a little uh, theater in, in high school, right? And what helped me to get into a character was um, watching the movie Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah. And when he was in the mirror, like, you talking to me? And, like, he just kept going over the same line, but as a different person, you know? Yeah. And that just helped me, you know, become whatever person I needed to be in that moment. I like that. I think I don't spend enough time in the mirror doing mm-hmm. that. But I think that mm-hmm. is important, you know? Um 
because there is something about seeing yourself mm-hmm. looking yourself directly in the eye and it, it just flows you it starts to flow through you so um that's good advice yeah i want to do more of that. <laughs> um so from your your roles that you've done magnum pi um ncis los angeles um basketball county um which was which was one of your favorite roles that you've done so far oh man you know it, it i'm to be honest i'm still early in my career so i have very few uh, case studies to go off of right mm. um i i just did one back in may a show which was great and then just shot one uh, a couple weeks ago here in la every every experience is so different and they all reveal like another layer it's it's like a it's work and a master class in just self-mastery and the craft of storytelling um, mm. so i can't honestly that i can't say my favorite because the ncisla was the first big one mm. the one that got me sag the one after that took me to hawaii you know and i got to be in hawaii and work with you know so i think every moment for me is special they're all important i would say because it's fresh the most recent cool experience was that in in may i guess start on a show that's coming out next year and on amazon it's uh, the russo brothers mm. uh, um, avengers and a bunch of other big, big absolutely films. that's yeah. a big fucking deal <laughs> yeah so you know he was it's their show um stanley tucci and this other award-winning british actress who i should know her name but it, her name is escaping me right now I got to work with them, mm. those titans. And, you know, I'm not even going to lie. I was shook, Phil. <laughs> it was a nerve-wracking two days for me working with these three people that I just couldn't imagine. I'm like, whoa, you know, um, and I'm engaging with them. I have lines with them. I'm mm. Choking Stanley Tucci out with the rope. You know, <laughs> like, this is a surreal experiences, but the the thing that I loved the most was actually being in their presence and watching them work. Mm. Watching Joe Russo work, how he collaborates with this crew, and you know, talking hundred people, two hundred people on set at a time, and he, you know, it's this orchestration going on. But the way he commanded it from his directorial, you know, role. And how these two amazing artists not only performed in the scene, mm. but how they conducted themselves when the cameras were off, how they collaborated with the director. That it wasn't just like you're this you're this pawn that is just this actor and you do what the director says. It really is this like collaborative effort and ideas and an exchange that I didn't know I had permission to do as an actor. You know, it was one of those things that, like, in the beginning, they teach you all these fucking rules. Yeah. How to submit tapes. How, yeah. to, how, to, how to frame yourself when you're auditioning. How you should behave when you do this. And then you get to a point where you're like, no, you, you're supposed to break the rules. That's what gets you the jobs. There are no rules. There are no rules. And mm-hmm. that was, like, such a liberating thing for me because that experience, I was playing by the rules. I was real tight. Like I said, I was nervous. 
you know, I was, I was like, oh man, I got to do such a good job. Oh, putting so much pressure on myself mm. and watching how relaxed they were and how, how they commanded themselves and how they brought their ideas and said, this is how I want to do it. And it being a very collaborative thing was, it unlocked something in me, you know, it unlocked all these, again, another thing, another story of like, oh man, you got to play by these rules for whatever reason. I feel like, you know, Sometimes artists are told that like we have to behave and color in the lines and it's the ones that fucking kill it and do dope, powerful, impactful work are the ones breaking all the rules mm. and, you know, doing what they feel is right and true. And that was, that was a valuable lesson, brother. That, yeah. So do you have any plans on, you know, doing theater? I know you have this extensive production background, but theater is a whole totally different monster. Like, do you plan on attacking that anytime soon? Um, no plans to attack it. <laughs> I'm, I'm open to it. So a lot of the uh, training that I, that I've, that I've done is Meisner. Mm. I'm familiar with Meisner. Yeah. So I have at least rehearsal experience in the theater space. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it. I it's a it is a completely different animal, right? Um, there's no cuts. And you, once you're in it, you're in it. So there is something meditative, and you're you're in a flow state that isn't disrupted by any you know, right? Production, film production stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much interested in it because it is a different. It's a visceral experience that I think you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that I'm actively pursuing at the moment. Yeah, I think um, just any any actor in general, you know, like all the greats, the Denzel Washingtons or, you know, a lot of the classically trained um, actors who come from the UK here, you know, that call and response from the audience, you know, the the rumbles you hear when you say a specific line or, you know, the the ahs and the oohs like that you feel. You know, that can that can fuel you in a way, you know, and it's different because you're in front of the camera. You have a production crew there. and Everything has to be on a time schedule and you have to get a certain amount. You can lose you can lose your vigor. You know what I mean? You can lose that steam when it's when when you're saying a certain line or you're trying to convey a, a certain thing, you know, and I think um just dabbling in theater just a little bit can help you out, you know, just on a, a um, on a, a personal level, you know? Yeah. Look, anything to unlock different skills, you know, like, like Neo, whatever I need to do, <laughs> whatever program I need to plug in to open up, you know, I, I never really thought about it, but the way you describe it, I never really thought about it that way about the reactions or how it, you know, fuels you. Um, Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is the message to be a little more aggressive in my attack. (laughs) So we'll see. You put, you already put it out there. So I have a feeling maybe more opportunities will start um, presenting, presenting themselves. Absolutely, man. Um, So what, when you have a, maybe a five or 10 minute break in between takes what what is your favorite thing to do i snack a lot 
<laughs> probably the I would say if I actually if I'm being honest my first stop in between takes is is craft services <laughs> um, yeah you know recently I've been working on trying not to be so obsessed with the scene once once when I'm on break mm-hmm. to give myself a little bit of of time to recharge because I think right now still, um, you know, I'm still early on in my career where I'm learning to trust my my talent to flow through me. Yeah. Um, learning to get out of my own way and trying not to be so in control all the time. Um, so I think now I'm finding a balance. But, yeah, I still spend a lot of that break time outside of craft services, like trying to stay in it, mm-hmm. which I, I realize is actually very f- exhausting. And um, actually restricting me from giving my best performance when it's time to go out there. It's like working out, right? You can't just be, you got to take a break, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to walk away from the bench. Otherwise, like your muscle, yeah. Um, So it's like that. I'm I'm still learning that balance. Like, I think it boils down to trust. Mm. How much do I trust myself to that when it's time to turn it on? I can go out there and like, allow myself to just freely play. Mm. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at in my, in, in the craft of acting for me is just trust. What's the hardest part about being you? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to get you with that. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a dope question. That is such a dope question. What is the hardest thing about being me? Yeah. I mean, because we often often don't really think about it, but I, it's like, what, what's the hardest part about being Simon Kemp? You're getting out of my own way, man. Mm. I think that's what it is. I think the hardest thing about being Simon Kim is that I want to be Simon Kim. Mm. And Mm. so that idea, whatever I'm attaching that idea and identity to that should be more fluid is like so rigid. And if it doesn't and control, right? Trust control, like all those things, it all boils down to like a fear really of like, if I don't control this, what's going to happen? You know, I have, be in control i have to uh you try to you try to cling on to things and and you end up getting in your own way mm. whether it's inner criticism you know even before acting it was it was you you grasp on so tightly to this idea of who you you think you have to be or what your work needs to look like or feel like that if it doesn't turn out that way you don't open yourself up to to receiving what what it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is my personal experience is like it's always been the the non-gratitude route the oh man this sucks because it didn't turn out this way as opposed to man but look how dope it turned out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's just me being in the in the way of appreciating what it what it had become that you didn't plan for but it's just this new thing 
And I think that's the hardest thing about being me. I'm stubborn. I'm persistent. I'm, I'm tenacious. So it, it, there's a benefit to that. But I'm also extremely stubborn. And if I want something or if I need something and I want something to turn out a certain kind of way, man, I'm, I'm extremely hard headed, which works sometimes. But a lot of times it just ends up me being self-destructive, self-destructive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Disappointment and all those vibes that you don't want to carry with you have always been in the forefront and I'm, 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 I'm no longer feeding those energies, mm-hmm. but they're still there and they're always there. Um, and that's the hardest part is just learning to get out of my own way to trust that whatever's in front of me in that moment, I got don't need to do anything. I'm already, I'm ready. I'm ready. We put in the work, you put in the work, you're <laughs> ready. So it's just like at that moment, Got to just let go and say, all right, let's go. And I'm feeling like I'm finding that groove, but it still requires conscious effort. Um, but that's that's the answer to this really great question. <laughs> that, like you said, I've never asked myself that. What's the hardest thing about being me? But that's, I would say, if that's the thing I'm working on now. And that's the thing that has always gotten in my way. And as as I slowly let it melt away and disintegrate. I'm finding myself flowing more effortlessly. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that, man. Cause I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Everything has to be a a bullet point that I check off. And if I don't check that bullet point off for, for whatever, whatever reason, I just get so frustrated with myself. But sometimes you just have to let the wind carry you, you know what I mean? And just go with the flow. Yeah. You can't control everything. Mm. You know, you can only do your best and show up in that moment, right? But once I, once I stop clinging to expectations of how it's supposed to be and just allow myself in every step of the way to just be present and do whatever I can that feels right, right? I think trusting your intuition going with your gut i mean it's work for me it's work because i have the inner inner dialogue that happens to everybody um and it's really learning to manage those things and being in harmony with it all so it's a process mm. process yeah that's happening All right, I have a few more questions for you. And after that, we'd like to play a little game with our guests called This or That. Um, (laughs) If you're open with that, we can play that. Sure, cool. Cool. Um, So (laughs) is it hard for you, coming from a production background, not to get behind the camera when you see somebody doing something wrong? Like you're in front of the camera acting. But if somebody's like lining you up a, a certain way that maybe doesn't feel right to you, is it hard for you? Like, hey, uh, you're holding that red camera wrong. Can you like, hey, you have the wrong lens on there. Can you put a 35 on that? Like, like, can you shut each side of that brain off? I, in my acting career, I really haven't had any too many experiences where I would say I'm top of the totem pole. Mm. 
from an actor perspective, right? Mm. If you look at how productions are structured. Um, so in my experience as an actor, I've always been in places where the people who are doing those other things, DPs, to mm. like, are world-class mm-hmm. but if anything i'm lingering behind the camera i'm lingering because i love i love cinematography so even during breaks while all the actors go to their trailers and they're you know i always have my snacks right mm-hmm. craft services first and then what i do is i'm just the creeper that's standing behind production people that's like mm-hmm. standing on the camera guys almost to the point where i'm in the way but i'm 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 learning from them Mm-hmm. Uh, um it's yeah every time i'm on set it's not i'm not just there to be an actor i'm i'm a student because i love filmmaking across the board you know acting is just another little piece of it so it's never a uh why are you doing like don't do that it's a mistake it's more like hey why are you doing that i want to mm-hmm. know why, why you guys are how whatever you guys are doing it's working so mm-hmm. i want to learn from you um that has been my experience in as being an actor like never never the teacher but like always absorbing from all angles how everybody's operating and watching them um yeah I'm, I'm watching everybody i'm i am studying everybody i'm just standing there and it might look like i'm zoning out i'm, I'm watching the whole circus the whole orchestra mm. how, how it's working because i love it it's I love it, bro. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you can, all right, this is a three-part question. If you can remake a movie, one movie, you're the director. The second movie, you're the actor. And the third movie, you're the person who makes the score. Which movies would those be? <laughs> oh, okay. So one... So that I would direct when I would act in and when I would score. Um, well, score would be interstellar. And I wouldn't mm. even I wouldn't even want to redo it. I would just want to be the take credit for what Hans. <laughs> Not that I would be better or do it differently. It's no, I wanna I wanna say I did that. That's how, that's how much I love that film. True shit. Um I think it goes the same with the other two answers, too. It's not that I would want to do it differently. It's like, fuck, that was such a great movie. Like, Euphoria, I would love to direct or be Mm -hmm. in it. Again, not to change it, but be like, man, what they did there was amazing, and I I want to be a part of something like that. That Mm -hmm. will, um, you know, uh, Ozark. Mm -hmm. Again, there's such a long list that these aren't necessarily my favorite. They're just the ones popping into my mind, but like Jason Bateman acted and directed and produced that, you know, um, and killed it. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Yeah. So that, uh, an Atlanta type show would be great. Yeah. Uh, um, John Wick. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You said Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street's another character. I would love to play that Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio character. Mm. Um, so yeah, there aren't any that I would want to redo it more so if I could just go back in time and, and replace the leading man and put myself in there. I'd be like, yeah, that, that yeah, I did that. You know, I was a part of that. I sweet, think. sweet. Um, what advice would you give a young Simon Kemp who's 
first started out, you know, just leaving DC and, and, and going into this new career, like what advice would you give yourself or anybody who, who wants to pursue something similar? Well, these are great questions, man. Hey, man, I'm a podcaster, bro. <laughs> I do this. Thought <laughs> provoking um, things that, yeah. To myself, one, be patient and gentle with yourself. Um, unapologetically and with extreme diligence. Be patient with yourself. Mm. Uh, and then I think the other thing I would say is probably like relax. It's, it's not that serious. Right? Mm. Just, it's not, it's not that serious. So um, just relax and enjoy it. That's that. I love that, man. I love that. All right. So here is the game. This or that is where I will ask you two questions and you can only choose one. And you have to give give a reason why you chose that answer. And the whole world depends on your answer. So answer right. <laughs> okay, so this or that. Okay. And then All I right. Why? Yeah. Okay, All right. First question. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Because I don't like anything soggy. <laughs> soggy. I can agree. Waffles have the little divots that can soak up the syrup, like little cups, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and I like my waffles crispy, man. You got to put them like medium high on the toaster. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a little that golden brown, so there's that crunch. Perfect. All right, brownie points for the first answer. Um, puppies or kittens? Kittens. Mm. kittens. I, I am a cat man. I haven't always been. Um, but I have this connection to cats now, and all I will say is it happened when I did my first ayahuasca ceremony mm. around the same time I transitioned into acting. It was like right at the same moment. And ever since then, I get along with cats. Mm. They get along. I have a connection to them now. So kittens all day. That is definitely on my bucket list. Uh, I've done all types of shrooms and stuff like that, but ayahuasca is like top tier to me, man. Is it worth it? Bro, when you when when Abuelita calls, you can't ignore it because it is worth <laughs> Yes, it is it will be life changing when when you're called to do it and the timing's right. You it'll be just what you need. Mm. Um, if you need any recommendations to places, you let me know. My man. All right. Since you're from, you know, the East Coast, Washington, D.C., I'm going to see how D.C. you are. <laughs> All right. Chicken with mumbo sauce on everything or on the side? On everything. My on man. <laughs> everything, man. Eddie Leonard's. You know about Eddie Leonard's? Yeah, I know Eddie's, man. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, dude, I used to live right around the corner from there. I was their number one customer, and it was extra mumbo sauce. All day, all over the fries and 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 the wings, man. Right, man. You can spend five bucks and get so much fucking food. <laughs> oh, the the best. And they're open. They were open twenty four seven. So I don't know now. It might have changed, but sweet. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question: production or acting? 
Why, why we got to separate the two? <laughs> I mean, you're a man of both worlds. I think it's one world. Mm. I think it's all the same. You know, I think being in front of the camera, behind the camera, you're a part of a collective birthing of a of a story mm. of an amazing, you know, multi-layered. It's not, it's what I love about film, right? It's not just a visual medium. You have everything. And like you said, the music, mm. good music with or without it, right? So I don't think you can separate. You can't. It's, it's filmmaking. And that's my answer, Phil. I'm not separating the two. <laughs> all one. And I don't have to choose. I don't have to choose. I could be in that whole world. Um, and that's the beauty of it. So that's my answer. Hey, man, that's a great answer. That's perfect. Um, I just want to thank you again for uh, taking the time out to speak with me and our listeners. Um, you are a very beautiful soul, man, and you provided some some very down-to-earth but rich answers, you know, and um, I'm sure, I'm positive that you're going to take your career as far as you want to take it, and um, I just appreciate it, man. I thank you. Hey, so I, I appreciate you, brother. Um, this was a great conversation. This didn't feel like an interview. It just felt like a little therapeutic. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, I think uh, your questions were so great and, and things that I think about, but I think the way you asked them made me think about it from a different angle. So, mm-hmm. um, which is priceless for me. This is constant learning more about myself. So I, I really appreciate your presence and how you showed up and, and, and these, these great thoughtful questions that truly I can feel it. Like it's just kind of helping me think about things and is going to help me progress. So I appreciate you and thank you for, for inviting me to do this with you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. So how people, how can uh, people, you know, reach out, uh, they want to book you like give me your socials um so i have my instagram which is kim shimwan i'm very um i try to stay elusive um but i you know mm. it, it was difficult for us to communicate on there <laughs> um I'm, I'm trying to get better but i think instagram and then i have an imdb page link there so if it's a professional work thing then all the uh rep information can be found there so um yeah, but if you're just trying to be a, a cool, cool, cool vibe, looking for a like-minded tribe, I'm, I'm open, open. So Instagram's a great way to get in touch and, and make a connection. Perfect, man, perfect. So uh, thank you again. Um, once everything is all edited and, and, and up, I will let you know. And Thanks again, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. All right, peace. All right, have a good one.